When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. Hey, welcome to Purple Daily. We're going to dive into Judd Zolgad's three Vikings he thinks are going to take a step forward and three he thinks are going to take a step backward in just a second here. But thank you to Dennis Kirk for helping us power Purple Daily here at Score North and for supporting everything we do across the board at Score North. But the one thing you can do right now, and there's more things that you can continue to do here as of this week and next week, but riding a motorcycle and uh, getting outside and enjoying some of this amazing spring and early summer weather is definitely something you can do. Riding season is upon us, and DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley, a Cruiser, a sport bike, a dirt bike, or a sidecar like Declan Goff. Hey, everybody, it's Declan man. Goff here. Yes, Football. I'm in the sidecar with Don't my goggles. Don't put the sidecar down, man. Football. I love a sidecar. I love sidecars, too. I'm going to get you, yeah. Through May 28th, Dennis Kirk is offering 0% interest for up to 12 months, over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guaranteed. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m., get it tomorrow. $89 orders ship free at DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get her tomorrow. Judd Zolgad, you've got three Vikings you think are going to take a step forward and get better in 2020. Yes. Hopefully, if we play football. And three you think are going to take a step backward. Yep. Fire away. Do you want me to start with step forward? What do you think, Declan? Should we start with the positive or the negative start? here? Uh, let's start with the positive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I'm sick of negative Zolgad. Yeah, I'll start with the positive. Uh, how can you be sick let's, of negative Judd? I've been very, very, um, I think, upbeat of late. Let's start with the positive. In the face of a pandemic. And then don't tell Judd. We'll just we'll just cut the show halfway yeah. through. And can then leave he the can room? Be, yeah. And actually, the step back is not going to be guys that, that I expect to fall off the table. But I have reasons why I think that they might take a slight step back. So Judd thinks three guys are going to get COVID is what he's Step doing. forward. <laughs> That's terrible. You never do know, by the way. Step forward. All right. I've got four names written down here, uh, but I'm going to give you three. And I'm going to start with the second-year center, first-round draft pick, 2019, Garrett Bradbury. Mm-hmm. Garrett Bradbury, in fairness to him, was put into as difficult of situation as a rookie can be put into. The center position has a ton of responsibilities. It's a tough place to play. Yep. It's ordinarily manned by um, as 
we know, grizzled veterans, right? Guys who've got a lot of facial hair and been around for a long time, and they like to get down and dirty and make the call to the line of scrimmage and, and conduct the orchestra up front. And Bradbury steps in day one is basically told, okay, go do it. That's a tough ask. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he, he got off to a terrible start. But again, I'll defend him by saying that he got off to a terrible start in part because of what the ask was. He never became great, but I think he showed incremental, and it's going to be slow, incremental improvement. But I think from year one to year two is going to be a major step. Because ideally, in a perfect world, uh, Garrett Bradbury doesn't play in 2019 unless the starting center, of which there was not one above him on the depth chart, gets hurt, right? So now the fact that he is going to go into year two, I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a player who was asked to do probably more than he was capable of doing. So Garrett Bradbury is a top my list as far as guys I expect to take a significant step, and I actually won't be that surprised if he does. Here's how bad it was according to Pro Football Focus, which you know I think just to take a step back here, when you watch every single game with your own two eyes as a fan or in the media, like you can kind of get a feel for offensive linemen and if they're struggling, especially the tackles, because it's you're out on an island. You can you can see like if oh man, Riley Reef just got flat beat on that play. Like Matt Quill. In right, exactly. Turnstile. Interior offensive line play is even if you watch every single game, it can be really hard. Like you do see Pat Elfline getting lifted off the line of scrimmage a couple times a game, like it happens. So sometimes it's kind of hard with your own two eyes, even if you watch every game, to figure out, all right, is the center doing a good job? Are the are the guards doing a good job? If it stands out how bad you are, it's really bad. And it stood out big time early in the season how bad Garrett Bradbury was in pass protection. I mean, it was like his first priority was snap the ball, don't fumble. And then it's like half the time he would just be completely unequipped to hold his ground, right? And Pro Football Focus backs this up. Last year, among all centers who, and there, this is including everyone, even if you only played like 30 snaps at center, but uh, of everyone who played center in the NFL last year, and there were 48 of these guys. And I'm going to take, I'm actually going to take a couple of them off the list who only played like one or two snaps. So of the 47 guys who played like, at least in a game as a center, Garrett Bradbury was 45th out of 47 in pass block grade. On a one to one hundred scale, he was thirty eight point seven. So everything that our eyes would tell us about Pat Elfline, or I'm sorry, about Garrett Bradbury and Pat Elfline, they're both pretty <laughs> yeah. much like the I'm same not struggle thing. That Pat's the same struggle forward, by the way. Um, they were they were both very much a struggle bus. And Garrett Bradbury. Now he was he was a lot better in terms of grade as a run blocker, but he was still only twenty sixth among centers yes. in run blocking. So really, like. It's not even a hot take. Like the only way to go is up for Garrett Bradbury. I actually think, just to piggyback off you, I think he gets better, and not just because he was terrible last year. I actually think he becomes a formidable starting NFL center. But we'll see what happens. So he is atop my my list of Vikings. I expect to take a step forward in the 2020 season, assuming it does start. Mm-hmm. My second guy that I expect to take a step forward, BC Johnson. BC Johnson was a seventh round pick. He played in all 16 games in 2019. He was targeted 45 times, caught 31 passes for 294 yards and three yeah. touchdowns. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, B.C. Johnson, so we, we have discussed the multitude of ways that the Vikings might attempt to replace Stephon Diggs. Thielen obviously remains an absolute key player, but we've talked about the fact that they drafted Justin Jefferson, which uh, certainly should help them, but he's going to be stepping in as a rookie. And again, it's very possible to step in at that position and help, but that is a bit of a big ask. If you're like, okay, just go replace Stefan Diggs. 
Uh, Tajay Sharp strikes me as a type of player that we get excited about and then gets cut or something. Like, like he might be a nice player. I don't know. Yeah. But I think to just assume, okay, Diggs is gone, and now you, you've signed a guy. When you sign a guy to a one-year, $1 million contract, that's not exactly, we got great faith in this player. Yeah, it's a guy, like, you're just kind of hoping that maybe he can catch on. And exactly. Be, and, like, they had plans. They signed him, then they had plans to draft a receiver. They never had plans for him to be the number two guy. So. But the Vikings have, have had, and case in point is Stefan Diggs, the Vikings have had a pretty good system of finding receivers, which you can do in probably rounds five through seven or so. Mm-hmm. B.C. Johnson, to me, looked like a very competent player. Most importantly, he could run routes, which is a huge thing. I think B.C. Johnson surprises and actually has a really solid second season. And the drafting of Justin Jefferson takes all of the pressure off B.C. Johnson. If they hadn't drafted a wide receiver high, like if they had drafted a receiver, let's say, in the fourth or fifth round, which would have been inexplicable like with how great this wide receiver draft was. I like that they drafted one early. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and B.C. Johnson came in with pressure like, hey, dude, we really need you to be the number two wide receiver or compete for that spot. Unless something surprising happens, Justin Jefferson's going to get a bunch of snaps as the number two wide receiver. Adam Thielen's already the guy. And so if you're B.C. Johnson, you can kind of come in, you know, you're, you're going to play limited snaps and you're going to be a deep threat. And like it's, it's, all, it's, it's all kind of gravy for B.C. Johnson in 2020. Do you think he has a chance to be like, like Adam Thielen undrafted, Stefan Diggs, fifth round pick, emerged as superstars. Do you think BC Johnson has the ability to be like hidden gem superstar like those guys were, or just a good solid Jarius Wright type guy that you can plug in and catch some passes? I think he's got a very good chance to be a very good, solid, probably not a star. But the thing with Jarius Wright, where BC Johnson might be on a different track is I never felt that, that the current regime offensively used Jarius Wright correctly and when they did, he was really effective and good. Mm-hmm. I think B.C. Johnson, because he's their guy, is going to get the shot that Jarius Wright really didn't get from this coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And so so I think my expectations for him actually probably exceed Wright because I think this coaching staff is going to embrace him. But it sounds crazy, but the fact that this kid can play the sport and is a smart player and can run routes, and I, I think fans say, well, of course, you know, he plays in – the National Football League, but the reality is look at the great athletes who really don't do those things effectively. Yeah, I think B.C. Johnson's approach to the game gives B.C. Johnson a chance to be a very effective player. You know, when you think about it, this is probably a, a side street conversation for another day. I feel like football fans, and I've been guilty of this too, take for granted the route running process. Just how like, oh, just like get out there and run a route. Right. It's like the precise timing you need to have. So a quarterback needs to get rid of the ball within like two, two and a half seconds on average, right? You're not just, you don't just get all day to kind of figure out, all right, you guys go run out there like we're playing flag football. Like your footwork, not only, not only in the timing of like exactly how many steps and the angle you need to break a route off at, but then there's also another blue chip athlete trying to get in your way and stop you. And so the footwork right. to separate and all the different things that we don't see, like, there are a lot of routes in the NFL that are sort of optional based on how the safety and the cornerback react. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you and the quarterback get to say, all right, hold on a second. All right, let's just talk this over real quick. The play clock's winding down. You have to make a decision that the quarterback also sees the same thing. And like that can be overwhelming for rookie wide receivers. And so um, the fact that BC Johnson looks like, and not that he's mastered all of that, but looks like he's got a better clue of how to handle 
the route tree and the timing and everything than some of the even some of the first round picks we've seen coming out is if, a big thing. If Cordell Patterson could have run routes. Oh my gosh. Like think about that talent yeah. and now and now he gets the game. Absolutely. That's a potential that is a potential Hall of Fame type of player. Yep. Because so, of the God given talent that that kid had. So I think BC Johnson, because of the fact that he gets the game, and Kirk Cousins, like most quarterbacks, and you know, probably more so than some, Kirk Cousins, I think, needs his guys to be where they're supposed to be consistently. BC Johnson will be. Who's your third guy? So I debated this one, and I'm going to tell you who I passed on because I think he's already good, and I think he very well might take a step, but it's not nearly important, uh, as important to this conversation as the guy I'm going to give you subsequently. Irv Smith I'm going to pass on because I think Irv Smith will take a step, and I think he's damn good, yeah. and it's not going to be surprising if, if Irv Smith is going to turn out to be a really good draft pick who matures into a potential star player in this he, league. He, he, okay? just, he just needs about 70 targets in the season. Right. Just throw that guy the ball. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one that, in my mind, is probably next to Bradbury, or it might be neck and neck, the most important, Mike Hughes. First mm-hmm. round pick, and I will continue to say this. This is the type of guy who, if if he continues to get hurt or fails, it costs people their jobs. Mike yes. Mike Hughes' success is, I don't know if I can if I can find the right word, but it is paramount to the Vikings' defense and their potential success. If Mike Hughes, uh, what, he tore his ACL early in his rookie year, he then came back, and I think he played in 14 games last year before he broke his vertebrae late in the season. But if Mike Hughes comes back and Mike Hughes can play, let's say, the inside slot corner, it is absolutely key. So Mike Hughes, to me, he should and he has to take that next step. Yeah, and the success of the success of Mike Zimmer's defenses has, has really predicated on coverage. Yes. You, know, you could say, yeah, obviously, Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, they've had some hellacious pass rushers, but just the safety net of having guys who know what they're doing in the secondary. And at that cornerback position, Mike Hughes is the only guy you would point at right now and say, we hope you know what you're doing. Yep. Everybody else is a question mark. There's some talent. I think they're still going to sign somebody. But, yeah, he's he's definitely a guy that if you can feel comfortable with, all right, we're going to put you there. We'll feel comfortable Gladney will get you up to speed. Free agent guy comes in, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. all right, who are the three you think are going to take a step the other way? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give you three names of guys that might surprise you, but I don't think it's not because they're aging or they're about to fall off a cliff. I think it's natural that we shouldn't be surprised if they don't put up the statistics that they previously did. And I'm going to start with with superstar 26. He'll turn in October. Defensive end Daniil Hunter, who has had wow. four, who's had fourteen and a half sacks wow. in back to back years. So in the last two years, a combined twenty nine sacks. Everson Griffin, we think, is gone now. The other end is not going to at the rate that they're going. He is not going to at least initially get the attention that Griffin got. Griffin got a, a lot of, of attention, and as we talked about on Purple Daily, now going back to when Collar was here, there were times when opposing offenses tried to use a tight end on Hunter. That was a mismatch. It was a complete joke. That luxury is now gone, right? So Daniil Hunter is still going to be a very good player, and I think the Vikings would be best served probably if they get creative to where they line him up. But 14 and a half sacks in back-to-back years is incredible. I don't know, because of the attention that's now going to be paid to him in blocking schemes, 
I think he's going to statistically take a step back. It doesn't mean he becomes a worse player. It just means that it's easier now to spend a lot of time focused on him. I get your logic. It makes sense. I think he has a 20-sack season in him. I'm not guaranteeing it happens in 2020 for some of the reasons you just mentioned, but I think he's got a 20-burger in there somewhere in his career. That would be fun to see. Like, the next five years are the prime of his pass rushing career. 20-burger. Like, it's going to happen at some point. Jared Allen, I pulled this up. So his 20-sack season was 2011. Yeah, that wasn't, yeah. And I was kind of curious. Like, Jared Allen spent that entire terrible season for the Vikings literally just hunting sacks. Like, he just... You, it was so funny to watch him, like, when, you know, a team, especially that last game do, against do the Bears. you remember the Colts game? When he literally chased the quarterback. It wasn't Peyton, right? He chased the quarterback out of bounds at one point. It, it was like week three. Yeah. And Jared Allen is on the sideline chasing the quarterback. Well, there's also games where it was very obvious that the offense, the opposing offense was was running a run play of some kind, a draw play or something. And, like, right. He had no desire to like contain or stay in his run gap. You're going like, back to the like, ba- run the gap Bears discipline at the end of the year. It was just like Jared Allen was just ten yards up the field yep. every time trying to get around the end. Yep. So in 2011, he had 22 sacks and just set the world on fire. Brian Robinson was the defensive end on the left side that season, and some people like Brian Robinson wasn't. He's not going to be known as a Hall of Fame pass rusher, but. Brian Robinson was always getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks and just like not getting home as often as Daniel Hunter or Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. So my first thought was, well, Jared Allen did it, sacked 20 guys. I That was before Everson Griffin was the starting uh, other defensive end. But having Brian Robinson in his prime on the other side, you couldn't ignore him. So your point is taken. It is possible that until they find, if they don't bring Everson back or until they find another pass rusher on the other side, I don't know, could Anthony Barr help fill that gap in a creative way defensively? I told you, I give up. On that one, I give up. It would make a lot of sense, but I give up until they do it. Uh, My second guy to take a step back, and again, this does not mean to become a bad player, but it means that they probably overachieved a little bit in this guy's case. Anthony Harris, okay? Six picks, which tied for the National Football League lead last season in 14 games. Anthony Harris, I believe, is a very good player. Is Anthony Harris Harrison Smith all the time? Is he a star? That might be a reach. I think he's a good player. And and, an undrafted free agent, so he is a hell of a find. Credit to the Vikings there. But I'm not going to be surprised, especially with the cornerback positions, for all we picked on Rhodes, who was bad, and Trey Waynes, who I think probably got picked on a little bit too much, mm-hmm. there was stability with Waynes there that now is going to be gone. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the Vikings' defensive coaching tries to make up for those deficiencies and what the ask of Harris is going to be in 2020 compared to 2019. So I'm not going to be surprised if if Anthony Harris has what we consider to be a good season, and perhaps solid is the best word, but we don't compare him to Harrison Smith after the season. Here is the number one thing that doesn't get talked about a ton just because, you know, it's not like a flashy stat. It's just like it's a very workmanlike consistent stat of safeties that played at least half of the available snaps last season. Anthony Harris was second in missed tackle rate, like in a good way. Anthony Harris only missed two tackles in 2019. God bless him, because most guys can't tackle these days. Like, that is insane. Yep. So, like, is that something that could regress? Like, if that dude misses five or six tackles in one break, like, are you going to be able to replicate playing 
almost a thousand snaps and missing two tackles in the 2020 season. So there's wrong. like some things that could just naturally come back to earth. But my but, guess is no. But that's a that's a very Antoine Winfield like yeah. thing to be great at. Love Antoine so. Winfield. And then do you have another one too? I got my third one. Okay, guys that I predict are going to take a step back, and this will partially uh, or not partially, largely tie into the impact of Justin Jefferson and BC Johnson. And it, he's not coming off a great year because he missed six games due to the hamstring problem. Adam Thielen. Okay. We Boy, are, I mean, he only played. He played 10 games, but we are now going to find out day one when the season does start. There is no question that we've gone from the days of Thielen being 1B probably and Diggs 1A to now every every bit of focus until guys like Sharp or Jefferson or B.C. Johnson establish themselves. Yeah. Every bit of focus from opposing defenses is going to be on him. And that's going to be a big ask. And since he got here and and Diggs had started to emerge, and then Thielen emerged, I believe, behind Stefan Diggs, Phil, um, we have not really seen Adam Thielen as a solo act. And I think we're going to find out that that is a it's, – it's not that he becomes an incompetent bad player, but if he's focused on specifically, unless a guy like B.C. Johnson or Jefferson or Sharp, which I sort of doubt, emerge as really good players and I don't think it's fair to ask any of those three in this coming season to be Stefan Diggs I'm not going to be surprised if they frustrate Thielen and basically force Cousins to look elsewhere a lot so yeah I mean so it, I'm not even faulting him I just think it's the circumstances I do think though Dalvin Cook is gonna it's not like you it's not like you can just focus all your attention on on Adam Thielen like you have to focus some attention on Dalvin Cook Ideally, teams are going to have to focus some attention on Justin Jefferson, and I th- I think the Vikings should make teams focus attention on Irv Smith because I don't think that if that dude understands the playbook and route running, I don't think you're just going to be able to cover him with a linebacker. In and I think they know. will. That's so, fair. do they have enough weapons that can still free up Adam Thielen? And it'll be an interesting task without Stefan Diggs. I mean, statistically, Adam Thielen put up the better numbers in a couple of those seasons, but I think Stefan Diggs was the more dangerous, feared wide receiver. He scared you more. And so we'll find out. But Thielen is so good at route running, and he's so athletic and quick. I think he's going to be able to find ways to to get open on those third and eights. And um, like he's a rich man's Julian Edelman, if I could make a white receiver comparison. Like stereotypical. He's more athletic. He's he's better down the field, and I think he can also just be just as good as a safety blanket. But he can't grow that beard, so keep that in mind. He probably could. He's got a beard a couple times. Bushy beard. He's got more of a pointed face than Julian Edelman. Julian's got those nice, nice uh, whiskers going when he gets that beard. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my three step forwards and three step backwards. There it is. Uh, That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. You can help the show a lot as we continue to push Score North forward during these tough times by giving it a positive review, a five star rating on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts, and by clicking the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash score north. See you guys next time. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit onepeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at onepeloton.com.